0: Coming up on this special episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, episode 700, I'll be sharing three essential health biohacks for more energy and less inflammation. Here we go. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey Keto Camper, well guess what, today's episode 700 of the Keto Camp Podcast and we celebrate with you on this beautiful occasion, whether this is your first episode pressing play on the show for the show or you've listened and binged to hundreds of episodes, I'm curious how many of you have listened to all 700 including today, (laughs) that would be impressive Let me know if that's you. Uh, I want to send you a special gift, and you can just email me, support at ketocamp.com if that is you. But today's episode is special because it is episode 700, and uh, I'm going to be sharing a recent keynote lecture I delivered at a biohacking conference called the Biohacking Congress here in Miami, where I outline three essential biohacks for more energy and less inflammation. I get into ketosis. Um, I, sh- I share the science and the art of keto. I get into fasting as well, different intermittent fasting strategies. I debunk the most common myths surrounding ketosis and fasting. And then the third biohack is my favorite, where I get into the science of vitamin G. Uh, so before I get to that, I, I want to sh- just share my my gratitude for you all, uh, Listening to the show, pressing play, leaving the reviews, sharing it with your friends. It really helps the show grow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't believe we're on episode 700. Honestly, we launched this podcast uh, July of 2019. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I knew that I loved to study, I loved to teach, and I thought podcasting was a good way to do both because I get to learn from incredible authors and and scientists and people, thought leaders in our space. So so it was a selfish thing I get to learn from them, but also I get to teach as well. And I I do believe the faster you teach something that you're learning, the more you retain it. So it's kind of an unselfish, selfish deal. Uh, And we have been very consistent on the show. Uh, I I read a stat that showed 90% of people who start a podcast Do not get past episode 10. And I could see why. (laughs) There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of bandwidth required to be consistent with a podcast. It takes money, it takes time, it takes energy. And I think a lot of people who get into podcasting don't realize that until they're in the thick of it and then they realize, eh, I was looking at this as a hobby, but it's too much work. But you know what I would say? There's a difference between being committed and being interested Ken Blanchard outlined this very well. He said, when you're interested in a goal, when you're interested in something, you do it until it's convenient. When it gets difficult, you give up. When you're committed, you do whatever it takes and accept nothing except uh, results. So that is commitment on our end to keep going. Two to three episodes a week. We're at four episodes a week right now. And honestly, I would have not been able to do it without our team. Ian, our amazing sound engineer, who's been with us since day one, uh, thank you, Ian, for working relentlessly behind the scenes. You travel the world often, but you're working with your laptop and making sure our audio is clean, and we're removing any any ums and, and buts and anything that is inappropriate from the conversation. So, Ian, thank you. Uh, Rachel, doing our podcast notes has been wonderful for us, along with Robert doing our podcast notes as well, uh, and of course, you know, Alina. Uh, who helps with everything uh, with our Keto Camp Academy and a distri- redistribution of the podcast and the YouTube channel. Ada, who helps with our YouTube channel. Andrea, who helps with the podcast clips. And, uh, you know, I'm very just grateful for our team. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to, to do this. And our sponsors as well, very grateful for our sponsors. It takes money to run a podcast, uh, just to be completely transparent with you, just to make sure we're consistent with our episodes per uh, per week and, and per month, we we spend over $2,000 just to make sure we're bringing high quality content to you on a consistent basis. So the podcast sponsors, and of course, we only choose podcast sponsors that we believe in and use their products. They help us uh, with the show growth. So special thank you to the podcast sponsors. But for you to show up and listen, thank you so much. Uh, we wouldn't be able to grow and uh, without you. So if If you have not left our our show a rating and review, it might be time because we're on episode 700. I I don't want you to pay anything. I'm not asking for you to make a payment. I'm asking a little bit of of your time to maybe just pause this episode right now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever it is, there's an option to leave the show a rating and review. Uh, It might take two or, or three minutes, but that is the best thing we can do. You can help us out with when it comes to helping the show grow. Um, that's how it works. The more reviews and ratings that we get, the more the podcast platform start to show uh, the, the, the show to other people. So I encourage you to do so, and I would be very, very grateful. You know, out of the lessons I've learned from interviewing hundreds and hundreds of people, we're on episode 700, so if I had to calculate that, I've probably interviewed over 600 people. Uh, I'm going to discount the other 100 episodes as more like solo episodes and episodes like today where I repurpose, or not repurpose, but share a live lecture, but I've probably interviewed over 600 people, and it's interesting because these are incredible thought leaders who don't always agree with each other, and I'm sure if you've been listening for quite some time, it could be a challenge to, to listen to podcasts and hear one week about one topic and, and one idea that makes sense, and then you have somebody else on the same topic but a different idea that also makes sense. And it's like, okay, what do I do? Uh, and the way that I go about it, I think this should this could be helpful for you. I've, I learned this many many years ago from Ty Lopez, and you know, Ty Lopez has his faults. So don't uh, get me wrong here. But back in the day, 2015, I think I started studying some of Ty Lopez's work and. One of the things I really admired about Ty Lopez is that he's a constant student, and the way that he deciphers information made a lot of sense for me, and I started to adopt his principles. And I'm going to share that with you because I think it will make a difference for you, especially with the amount of conflicting information out there, not just in the keto space, but in the health space in general. You know, you hear an idea, you hear a thesis based off of research and then you hear somebody else with an opposing thesis based off of their research, what do you do? Uh, the answer is this. You get the thesis, you get the antithesis, which is the antithesis, the opposing thought, and then you apply both and you extract your synthesis, what works for you. And the cool thing about doing that, it's fun, it keeps things exciting, it's different for everybody. That's that's what helps you find your unique Uh, health protocol right there, right? So if somebody's telling you to do keto forever and I'm telling you to do keto flexing, which is going in and out of ketosis, those are opposing ideas, maybe you try both. Maybe you do keto for quite some time and see what happens, and then maybe you start flexing and see what happens, and then boom, you find your, 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 um, your protocol right there. So thesis, antithesis equals synthesis. I hope that helps. With that being said, I do want to share some commonalities with these episodes. When we released episode 500, 200 episodes ago, I shared, uh, I believe it was like the top five common themes from doing 500 podcasts or whatever, but uh, I'll probably do another one of those when we reach episode 1,000, but some of the commonalities with these guests um, are the following, right? Number one, I rarely have somebody on the show who says weight loss is just a matter of eating less, less and moving more. That is a rare occasion. And if somebody brings up the calories in versus calories out thing, I go a little bit deeper with them and they tend to side on on my side, which is yeah, calories might matter, but they're not the most important thing. So that is a common theme for sure. Calories matter. You don't want to overeat. You want to eat quality calories. Focusing on calories is not the most important metric. It's it's going to get you into a frustrated uh, place where you're not going to get long-term results. So that is a common theme with a lot of our speakers that have been on the show. What they have focused on is is more importantly hormones, which are these chemical messengers, these this communication system within your body, this amazing orchestra and how those hormones communicate with your metabolism. So that is a common theme right there. Another common theme is the fundamentals of health cannot be skipped. And the fundamentals of health would include quality sleep, not quantity of sleep, but quality sleep, mindset and the importance of the mindset component to health and healing, and movement. And that movement could be strength training, And exercise, or or even just walking and and just moving your body. So those are the fundamentals that cannot be skipped. That is a common theme right there. Another common theme is we want to master our glucose and insulin levels. Whether somebody is dogmatic about keto on my show or not, they all have that in common. You don't want excessive blood sugar levels. I'm going to share that in today's presentation, by the way. You don't want excessive insulin levels. That's going to age you faster. We want metabolism that ages or, or works um, really efficiently, which ages us gracefully and we do that by controlling glucose and controlling insulin. And we've had so many guests on here who have shared incredible biohacks that I have adopted myself. I look at I'm looking around in my office right here in Miami Florida at, at the new studio. Uh, what do I see? I see my in harmony meditation cushion. I see my red light lamps. I see my Beacon 40. Uh, What else do I see? I see my Jasper air purifying machine. I see my blue light blocking glasses. I see my uh, sauna blanket, my PEMF mat. You know, it's super cool uh, that we have all these gadgets. I see my aura ring on my finger. Uh, There's so many things out there that we could implement. And uh, pick and choose the ones that fit your budget, that work for you. You don't have to get all these biohacks. Uh, I know sometimes you could be listening and you're like, I can't spend uh, $6,000 on a cold plunge. I can't spend $5,000 on a red light panel. That's not realistic for me, Ben. Am I able to get results if I can't buy all these things? The answer is you don't have to buy these things. These are options for you that make a difference for sure. Don't get me wrong, they're incredible tools. But in order to get results, You just got to focus on the fundamentals, control glucose and insulin, lower inflammation. And the amazing thing about that is that we've had so many guests come on and talk about free modalities. And even on today's episode, I'm going to talk about that. Free tools that we have that get you amazing results. Fasting, earthing, aka grounding, some people call it that, or some people call it different things. Um, Vitamin G, which I'll talk about today. So the biohacking devices are cool. If you can get them, get them. We've interviewed so many people about that. We have more coming, but if you can't get it right now, you're still going to get results. I, want, I just want to make that clear for you in case you're one of the individuals who are feeling a little frustrated with uh, the amount of uh, high-quality biohacking equipment that you, you just can't get right now. So, Not to fear, uh, you could get amazing results even with keto fasting and free modalities that we teach about. Those are just a few things I wanted to share with you. Uh, I just, I'm just i so grateful that you continue to show up. We release all of our, our YouTube, excuse me, our podcast interviews on YouTube, including today. You could watch the full lecture of me delivering this keynote lecture from the Biohacking Congress here in Miami um, on YouTube. But also our interviews, uh, we're doing a lot more in-person interviews. As a matter of fact, this week, as I'm recording this, I have three in-person interviews this week. Today, I have Mike from the owner of Jasper, Tomorrow, I have Barton Scott from Upgraded Formulas, and Friday, I have Dr. Emily Rowe, who's a a naturopath, a holistic doctor here in Miami. So those interviews, even the virtual interviews, are all posted on our YouTube channel. The production value is incredible, different camera angles, the quality is amazing. So you could always feel free to hop on YouTube and watch those interviews after you've listened to them, and that is youtube.com slash KetoCamp. Now, with today's episode... This is an interesting one because uh, this took place just a few weeks ago here in Miami, Florida at the Biohacking Congress, and it took place in South Beach, and I live about 15 minutes, 20 minutes north of that, so I was able to drive there, but it was on a Sunday, and uh, that same morning, I had just flown in from Salt Lake City, Utah, because the previous day I lectured, I did a keynote lecture at Dr. Pompa's conference, so... I had overcommitted myself, and it goes back to that thing I said earlier about interest versus commitment. Uh, I agreed to speak at the Biohacking Congress earlier this year, and then, of course, Dr. Pompa announced the dates for his conference, and I'm not going to miss Dr. Pompa's conference. I mean, that guy is amazing, and I'm I'm so grateful to be a part of his group. So I was thinking, how can I do both? If I'm already speaking Saturday in Salt Lake, I'm supposed to speak in Miami, how do I do both? And the answer is commitment. I looked up the flights and there was a red eye from Salt Lake City uh, about 11.55 p.m. that landed me in Miami around 6 a.m. And I took that red eye, got home with my fiance, took a nap until about 11.30 a.m. And then I drove to the Biohacking Congress and spoke at, uh, I believe it was 2 p.m., So this is a result of that lecture, but I feel like I did a good job even with the travel schedule and that's a testament to the biohacking things that we do. So this is the full presentation. I hope you love it. If you want the presentation slides, feel free to email me support at ketocamp.com and just put biohacking congress slides and Alina will get that to you. You could get all the slides with the studies. I do reference my seed oil allergy card during this lecture. And if you haven't downloaded that seed oil allergy card yet, It's such a great tool and a great tip to avoid seed oils at restaurants. I use this card and it works like a charm. You just want to download it to your phone and show it to your server. And it has the eight oils that you want to avoid and the eight options that are better for you. So if you go to seedoilcard.com, you can download that for free, seedoilcard.com. All right, let's get into today's presentation. I hope you love it. Episode 700. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Ben Azadi. All right, hello, hello. Sunday and biohacking, let's do this. I love that you are early and on time. Good to see your beautiful faces as uh, Collette just uh, introduced me. Thank you, Collette, for that beautiful introduction. My name is Ben Azadi. I am uh, the best selling author of Keto Flex, and my company is called Keto Camp. And I love Mick, I love the organization, Mick. Thanks for having me back. What is this, like my fifth or sixth time? I think uh, events, the first one was in Silicon Valley, the first one, right? So it's an honor to be back. Miami is where I'm born and raised. I'm one of those rare locals that still live here and I was born here. Uh, Yeah, let's go Miami. Fun fact, I just flew in from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah this morning I uh, took a red eye, I spoke yesterday at an event, and I just wanted to be here to share the message with you today, so I'm excited to go through this. But I used all the biohacking tools to get myself energized and focused to serve you all with what I believe is going to be a life-changing lecture. So my Instagram handle is at thebenazadi, if you want to follow me on there. I do some cool things on there. We're going to be talking about three essential biohacks for more energy and less inflammation. Who wants more energy and less inflammation? Raise your hand. Yes, we all do. So let's get into that. We're going to first start with the problem and some of the top causes to why we see disease and illness and sickness and obesity and all of these health challenges we see out there. So the question I always ask is, you know, what percentage of Americans are metabolically inflexible? You know, That's a word that we've all heard before, metabolic flexibility. And my definition of that is your mitochondria have the ability to use sugar and glucose when it needs to. Fat and ketones when it needs to, and it goes back and forth, these two energy systems. That's metabolic flexibility, in other words, metabolic freedom. But what percentage of American adults actually have that metabolic flexibility and freedom? Well, let's look at the trends when it comes to obesity. This is going to start off in 1985, and you're going to see each state increase in their obesity percentages, so check this out. We see 1986, 1987. Nothing is above 14% in these states, but as we progress into the 90s, 15 to 19%. As we progress into the early 2000s, we see over 20% in these states. And you can see now we're seeing over 25%, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse, unfortunately. So we know we have a problem. We know that a lot of people are metabolically challenged and unhealthy, and this study from the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, 10-year study, 8,000 participants, Their goal was to determine how healthy or how unhealthy are American adults. And they came to find that only 12% of American adults are what they consider metabolically healthy. In other words, 88% of adults are metabolically unhealthy, metabolically inflexible. Another study came on that did something similar looking looking more at cardiometabolic health, cardiovascular system metrics, lipids. And they determined that only, is there a laser on this by the way? Oh, yes. Okay, they determined that only 6.8% of American adults are what they consider optimally healthy. So about 93% of us are not, not us, but the general population, because they're not doing what we're learning here. So we know we have a problem. Harvard is projecting that by the year 2030, 50% of the adult population will be classified as obese, not just overweight, but actually obese. Obesity was uncommon in the 1970s. You can see some photos of the beaches um, around the United States in the 1970s. You couldn't really find obesity. You know, you go to Europe now, you can't really find obesity. And Taz, we we know what, where's Taz? Yeah, yeah, no, not that Taz. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we know that Europe has a different um, agenda in terms of like blocking glyphosate and blocking chemicals. So we know in the 70s in America, it was pretty uncommon, as I showed you that graph, but, you know, things have changed uh, now in the 2023, so why are so many people metabolically inflexible? Now that I made the case that we are unhealthy as a, gen, uh, as a population, let's talk about the three causes that I believe are contributing to these symptoms, obesity, et cetera. So number one, it's important to understand that nobody has a weight problem. I used to be obese, as Colette, Colette mentioned, I was 250 pounds back in 2008. 34% body fat, physically obese, mentally obese, on the internet looking for ways to end my life, addicted to video games, addicted to drugs. I never had a weight problem. Nobody has ever had a weight problem. It is a weight symptom. So when we look at fitness coaches, personal trainers, dietitians, and doctors who are telling their patients and clients, let's get you to lose weight to get healthy, It's the complete opposite. The body does not lose weight in order to get healthy. It gets healthy in order to lose the weight. The weight loss is a side effect of good health, metabolic flexibility. So it is a symptom, not the problem. The number one cause, I believe, or one of the causes, is a toxicity issue. We live in a very toxic world, environmental toxins. This study showed that the average person eats five grams of plastic every week, which is the amount of a credit card. In other words, the average American is eating a credit card worth of plastic every single week. Here's a tip for you. When they ask you at Whole Foods or whatever convenience store, do you want your receipt? (laughs) Say no thank you. Receipts contain a high amount of toxins, BPA. Studies have found that individual thermal receipts contain BPA that is 250 to 1,000 times greater than the amount in a can of food. So if you think about that, we're grabbing it with our hands, it's going in our skin, going into the bloodstream, we're probably putting it in our pocket, we're taking the receipt out, maybe throwing it away. Now our pockets are filled with chemicals and we're going back and forth, we're touching things. You can see how these toxins start to spread. And the problem is that toxins actually create hormone resistance. Hormone resistance is where your cells and those receptor sites that are integrated into your cells, those integral membrane proteins, are so inflamed from toxins that your hormones cannot get in. Good things cannot get in. Bad things cannot get out. So this is how it works. It's not about calories. It's a big disservice just telling people to eat less and move more. Maybe 30 years ago, that would have been really efficient for most people. Not in this day and age. There are new risk factors for obesity and diabetes, and they are environmental chemicals. So the reason I have Warren Buffett on here is because just telling your clients and patients to just eat less and move more does them a huge disservice. And I'm tired of it because I did it for so many years as a CrossFit owner, and I did workshops and seminars, 2013, 2014, the science of fat loss, teaching my clients how to cut their calories and just move more. Doesn't give you the solution. It's like asking Warren Buffett about wealth. And we're at a workshop with Warren Buffett a billionaire. And I say, Warren, I have a question. And he he chooses me. And I ask Warren, I say, hey, Warren, how do I get wealthy like you? And he says, that's simple, Ben, just spend less than you earn. (laughs) Okay, Warren, but what's the solution? It makes sense, but does not give you the solution. Same thing with just telling people to eat less and move more. Makes sense, it does not give you the solution. So there's a traditional way of looking at weight loss, which is genetics, old age, lack of exercise, but now we have the new paradigm, which is the real paradigm, which is environmental toxins. So how this works, these chemicals are called obesogens. They activate a pathway called Ppar gamma. That means those toxins now are shuttled into your fat cells, and then it creates larger fat cells. I'll show you more about how this works in a second. But this is showing that many in the medical and exercise physiology communities remain wedded to poor diet and lack of exercise as a sole cause of obesity. However, researchers are gathering convincing evidence of chemical obesogens. And this is showing a new classification called diabetogens, chemicals that have the ability to actually alter the beta cells in the pancreas, leading to insulin resistance and diabetes. They're called diabetogens. The body stores these lipophilic toxins, meaning fat-loving, in the fat cells. And I'm gonna explain why. The number one priority for the human body innate intelligence is survival. The body will do anything possible to survive. So it's a survival mechanism to prevent these toxins from floating through your bloodstream. So when these toxins enter the body, the body thinks, well, we need to do something about them. And the solution to pollution is dilution. And there's a lot of room in fat cells, so it shuttles it into the fat cells, here's how it works. It is noteworthy, noteworthy, noteworthy excuse me, that their structure are mainly lipophilic, remember fat loving, their ability to increase fat deposition. This might offer an explanation as to why obesity is an underlying risk factor for so many diseases including cancer. So you can see the illustration here, the graph how this works, right? The toxins come in, called obesogens, increases the body fat, and it just leads to larger fat cells and new fat cells, all because it's trying to survive and put those toxins somewhere. And the problem is that when somebody does rapid weight loss, calorie restriction, what happens? They burn their fat cells, they burn body fat, and they dump these toxins in the bloodstream, and they feel awful. So that's why extreme dieting is not helpful. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, This is the best thing I've ever tasted. If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass fed or ethically raised, to make you think they're high quality, are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part, this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. Seed oils, we've all heard about seed oils, and not all seed oils are bad. We don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. There's a big difference between adulterated omega-6 fats and unadulterated. So I'm going to talk about the adulter, the processed industrial seed oils, not the ones that are safe for us. Here is when the global production of seed oils were introduced to us. You can see it really ramped up in the ni- late 1960s with all of these seed oils, and it really ramped up all the way here where it is all over the place, restaurants, everywhere. We can't get away from them. How many of you know Dr. Kate Shanahan? Anybody know her? Yeah, oh well, I'm surprised. Not a lot of you. Well, she's a brilliant medical doctor. She wrote a New York Times best-selling book called Deep Nutrition. She was also Kobe Bryant's nutritionist for the Los Angeles Lakers when he used to play. And she's a friend of mine. Uh, I've had her on my podcast several times. And I asked her a question. I said, Dr. Kate, which scenario will create more disease, more autoimmune, more heart disease, more cancer? I'm going to give you three options, Dr. Kate. Option number one, somebody smokes cigarettes every day. Option number two, somebody eats processed sugar every single day. And number three, somebody eats vegetable oils every day, the industrialized kind. What do you think she said? Yeah, y'all are smart because you're at the Biohacking Congress. She she laughed, and she said, that's an easy question. Hands down, it's the vegetable oil. She said, smoking is not good for you, obviously, but you're not bioaccumulating that cigarette smoke in your body fat. Eating processed sugar is not good for you, but think about it. You eat a whole bunch of sugar, glucose goes up, 140, 180, whatever it is, not good, but after a few hours, it's back down to where it needs to be. But these vegetable oils, the half-life of these polyunsaturated fatty acids, linoleic acid, the half-life is two years, meaning if you stop eating them today, you remove them from your diet, and I'm going to give you some strategies on how to do that, two years later, half of them will still be gunked up around your cell membranes, the mitochondrial membrane creating inflammation, systemic inflammation. That's why she believes, and I agree with her, it's worse than sugar than smoking. So I'm going to give you a list here in a second of the ones we want to avoid, but I'm going to go over a few studies on what this does. So Polyunsaturated fatty acids, when you hear that word poly, that means many. So the chemical structure of these fats means many double bonds. The more double bonds something has, uh, the more double bonds a fat has, the more reactive it is to oxygen, meaning it oxidizes. You bite into an apple, leave it on the counter, oxidation, same thing happens to our cells. And these these, uh, PUFAs are very unstable. Dr. Cato says PUFAs go poof, they are inflammatory, they oxidize, right? So this is showing that persistent oxidative stress often involving enhanced peroxidation of PUFAs in the cell membrane are known to enhance the development of malignant diseases. Thus, the carcinogenic cancer-causing process can be initiated and or accelerated by lipid peroxidation-induced DNA and protein damage. This one is showing that diabetics have more of the linoleic acid in their LDL particles, the bad LDL, the B pattern. This one is showing what it does to create cardiovascular disease, specifically corn oil. It changes the cardiac fatty acids and causes early diastolic dysfunction without altering systolic function. This is a very interesting study if you wanna look it up later, showing how the mitochondria receives different fatty acids for fuel And the ATP, the electron transport chain, what happens afterwards, what's efficient, what's inefficient, essentially PUFAs uh, cannot be used for energy efficiently. Not like monounsaturated fat and saturated fat. By the way, I have a lot of slides here, um, and I'm happy to give you all the slides with the studies. All you have to do is just email me, support at ketocamp.com, camp with the case, support at ketocamp.com, and just say in the title, Biohacking Congress slides, and my assistant will get that to you. So here's the list of the ones we want to avoid. Uh, Again, these are all the adulterated versions. We have canola, which is called rapeseed in the UK, if you live in the UK. Corn, soybean, cottonseed, safflower, peanut, sunflower, grapeseed, rice bran. And the last one's controversial, but fish oil is a PUFA. And fish oil is probably, arguably, even more inflammatory than vegetable oils. Fish oil is not healthy. Cod liver oil is not healthy. It is extremely inflammatory. It has more double bonds than actual vegetable oils and we've been fed a whole lie about fish oil, by the way, and I, used to, I wrote about the benefits of fish oil many years ago, and I have a 180 approach to that. Now, we want to swap them for monounsaturated fats and saturated fats, so these should not be cut because sometimes olive oil and avocado oil are cut with vegetable oil, so make sure it's not dark glass bottle, but these are the ones we want to do. I have a gift for you. When I go to restaurants, I always tell the server, because they're gonna use these bad oils. I always tell them I'm allergic to these vegetable oils. Not that it's my preference that I don't want them, but I'm actually allergic to them is what I tell them, because then they pay attention. And I've been telling my students to do this for years. Since 2018, I've been doing this. And my students feel uncomfortable doing that. You might feel uncomfortable doing that. My fiance feels uncomfortable when I do it. So I made it easy for my students, and I'm gonna make it easy for you to get this request done at restaurants. I created something called a seed oil allergy card and on the allergy card, it shows, hey, uh, I have food allergies to these rancid fats, these bad fats. I need to use the healthier options. Please, uh, thank you for keeping me safe. Please make the swap. But the gift, I mean, you could download this if you're watching on uh, live stream. You could get it for uh, a PDF. But I, bought, I brought a whole bunch of printed out ones for you all. So would you want some of these? Yeah. <laughs> so here, just take one and pass it down, okay? So what you want to do is just you know, keep it in your pocket. I always have one with me, show it to the server. And if you're with a group of people, what I tell them is that, look, I share the food. We are sh- all sharing food. So I know I'm the only one allergic-, allergic here, but I think this is for the whole table. So they'll, do, they'll accommodate for the whole table. Sometimes the chef will come out. And, you know, we treat them nice, of course, and we you know, tip them and do all that good stuff. But when you say it's aler- you have an allergy, they're going to pay attention because they don't want to get sued. But if you're watching on live stream or you want to download the PDF, it's seedoilcard.com. All right, sick care, it's actually number three cause, not four, That's a typo, but sick care is the third one. How many of you are fed up with the conventional medical system? Aren't you just sick and tired of it? Yeah. Yeah. Look at this, you go to a hospital, and this is what they feed people. No, it's better now. It's better now? <laughs> is it? Thank God. Franken food, right? Example, somebody has cancer getting chemotherapy in the hospital, they're in their hospital bed and they're given this, would it be fair to say the same food given to chemo patients in their hospital bed is the same food that might have led them there? Yeah. Why do hospitals allow fast food restaurants in them? should to it be a healing environment? Why would they even allow this? This is not a healing environment, this is a sick environment. Well, the reason is because it's a very smart business model. I mean, for sure, and I'm not against capitalism. I think capitalism is great, but this is an evil way to earn money. This is a very evil way to do it. Here's how it works. I'll give you an example. We go to Walgreens or a convenience store. We walk, to the f- we walk into that convenience store, let's say it's Walgreens, and at the front of the store what do we see? A whole bunch of franken food, Artificial ingredients, seed oils, at the front of the store. People buy that because it's cheap. They go home and eat it and then what happens to them? They get symptoms. So they make an appointment with their conventional doctor and they get their medication. So they return back to the same store, but now they walk to the back of the store and get their prescription. All right, prescription help with that one symptom, but they still come back to the store and eat the same food. They get a second and third symptom and they keep coming back to get their prescription. They're back and forth. It's a really smart business model that's super evil. That's the way it works. They want to keep you hooked. Disease is not a result of a deficiency in medication. The truth is that a cured patient is a lost customer. A cured patient is a lost customer. (laughs) This is a very powerful quote, and I'm going to tie this into what we're seeing out there. This is going to be alarming, but we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. Does anybody know Neville Goddard? Did anybody study Neville Goddard? I'm very very impressed for those who study Neville Goddard. If you don't, go read the book Feeling is the Secret. Uh, Don't read it once. Read it like 50 times, and it'll change your life. But let me talk about this and relate it to what we're seeing out there. Is that rowdy, by the way? Yeah, Yeah, good to see you, brother. (laughs) Um, So the subconscious mind, we know, runs the show. 95% of our results, health, finances, relationship, it is the subconscious mind, which cannot um, cannot deny anything. It accepts everything as truth. So when we talk about weakness of attention, we know that we're being bombarded with distractions, social media, fear, porn, propaganda. We see it all over the place. But I'm going to focus on TV commercials. Now, I don't watch TV and I know you probably don't as well, but every Thursday, me and my fiance go to my mom's apartment in Bay Harbor Islands, here right here in Miami, and I have dinner with my mom, and I enjoy it, she makes amazing dinner, and we love that time every Thursday, but here's the challenge with it. She has her TV on the whole time, and she watches Hallmark and her, her, her movies, and I'm looking at the commercials, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Viagra, Cialis, Staten, fast food, and I'm like, this is brainwashing people, even if you consciously know like, I'm not about that, the subconscious mind is absorbing all of that, the hidden subliminal messages. So I ask the question, what percentage of TV commercials in the United States are funded by big pharma? Like, what are we being fed? I'm going to ask you the question here. Like, what do you think the percentage is of TV commercials? I'm going to give a book, my KetoFlex book away to the person who gets the exact number. You're close. not 100. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> It's getting out of control. You know, I'm hearing all these numbers. I feel like I'm going crazy. All right, so it's 75%. Who said 70? Anybody say 75%? Don't lie. Nobody got Okay. I'll give away another book. Don't worry. This is in 2020. It might be higher. You might be right for those who said 90% or so, but yeah, 75% of the ad spend is from big pharma. Alright, next question I asked is, okay, out of the 195 countries, how many of them allow for Big Farmer to actually do this on TV? Two. Who said two? Uh, Red Jacket. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah, two is the answer. Only New Zealand and the United States. Here, I got a book for you. Come get it. Come get it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a round of applause. Good job. Yeah. 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 You nailed it. Yeah. Only two countries. Only two countries. Isn't that insane? You know, that's the only reason there's a TV uh, actually still exists, cable TV. If it wasn't for the, it's the truth. If it wasn't for Big Pharma funding this, everything would be streaming. This is the only reason TV uh, commercials actually, uh, cable TV actually exists. Next question: What percentage of global commercials are funded by fast food restaurants? Well, let's say in America, so think about it. Let me rephrase this a different way before you answer. We know 75% is is at least um, big pharma. What's the remaining percentage in the United States? No, it can't be 40. That's too much. 11 to 29%. 11 to 29%. Um, So in America, it's about 11%. So if you think about it, and by the way, I want to give you a book because you were here in the beginning, and you're live streaming. I love it. You're so committed. Here you go. Give me a round of applause. Yeah. (laughs) I see you're so engaged. I'm like, i got to get you a book. But if you think about it, all right, you're watching TV, or you're at your mom's house, and she's watching TV. Uh, You have your TV show on, and then it's commercial time, and those commercials are coming all the time, right? So it's like Viagra, Cialis, Little Caesars, Papa John's, Viagra. Can't get away from this stuff. Our children are watching this. It's just... Awful, weakness of attention. That's why Neville Goddard nailed it before he even (laughs) knew about what was going on here because he's passed on now. Another example of the misinformation, the garbage that we're taught. How many of you have seen this chart before? Raise your hand. This came out a year ago from Tufts University from Dr. Mosifarian who's working with President Biden, who needs these biohacks by the way, President Biden (laughs) um, and the FDA to implement this food compass, okay? You can see here, let's go over this real quick. In green, encouraged, you and your family, eat this. Frosted mini-wheats, honey nut Cheerios. Okay, they got some kale, some anti-nutrients, I guess. They got watermelon. But here, they're saying egg substitute fried in vegetable oil. We just, we just made the case that vegetable oil is bad. Lucky charms. Down here, they're saying avoid ground beef and butter. So what they're telling you is that lucky charms are healthier than beef and eggs. Do you believe that? No. no. So whenever I'm asked, like, how do I know what nutrition advice to follow, you have all these people teaching different things. Government. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's almost. Yeah, exactly. But pay attention to the government, actually, but do the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah, so it's complete opposite. You know, how many of you know Dr. Eric Berg? He has a huge YouTube platform, 11 million, 12 million subscribers. He actually emailed me a few weeks ago. Um, he said, I want to talk on Zoom. I mean, I thought it was not him. I thought it was somebody trying to, like, catfish me. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm like, because he's, like, huge, right? I'm like, is that really Dr. burn?" I'm like, sure, here's the Zoom link. I'm, like, waiting there. Is this going to be who's going to come on the screen? <laughs> but it was actually him. Um, and he, he, the reason he reached out is because the WHO, the World Health Organization, our favorite organization in the world, is now working with YouTube to censor any video that goes against their 2030 agenda. Do you know their 2030 agenda? Yes. What is their 2030 agenda? Yeah, well, I mean, that might be a part of the plan, but the 2030 agenda is to have every single human being, not just in America, but on the planet eating plant-based engineered food. So, Keto was against that, obviously, so he told me they're going after him hard, All the videos he had that were tagging Me Too are not ranking anymore. He went from having 100 million views on average every month, which is insane, insane, to 25 million. Still a lot, but that's 75% cut. So he's working on a petition and lawyers to get thousands of people to sign it, to show them the science of what we're teaching and show that they're wrong. If you go on YouTube right now and type in keto diet, you know what's the first video? A Mayo Clinic video telling you about ketoacidosis and how it's going to kill you. So we gotta really, we have a lot of resistance here. But the cool thing is that you know this is an amazing community. We got the solutions and we're gonna overcome this. They're not gonna get away with that, are they? No. 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 Say a lot of no, right? Yeah, they're never gonna get away with that. Unfortunately, human beings are the only species smart enough to create their own food and dumb enough to eat it, unfortunately. This is a senator for the United States here. And I'm not making fun of him because he's overweight. That's not why I'm making fun of him. I'm making fun of this because he does not look healthy, and he is <laughs> leading the Nutrition and Organics Research Committee, subcommittees. You can see at the meeting he's drinking some Gatorade here. I mean, a huge disconnect, isn't there? The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. A lot of us, myself included, to this day, always unlearning and relearning, the whole fish oil thing unlearn and relearn. All right, if you treat your health casually, you will end up a casual T, and that's not what you're doing here because you're here on a Sunday and you're learning about biohacking, so you're prioritizing your health. I acknowledge you for that. Hey, Keto Camper, what if there was an easy way to help detoxify your body, ease stress, unwind, and hey, even burn more calories? What I'm talking about is sauna usage. Now, there's a lot of studies that show the benefits of using a sauna, And it could be kind of complicated because they're expensive and typically you have to go to a facility to use a sauna. What I love about my sauna is that it's a blanket that I use at the comfort of my own home. I use the one from Bond Charge. And sauna blankets work by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise. So you burn calories while you're relaxing and you could burn up to 600 calories in one session. Sweating also helps flush out toxins like heavy metals, from your body and elevating your heart rate while relaxing releases endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric. I feel like I just got a 60 minute massage when I get out of this thing. It works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna. This means you get the same benefits at a lower heat. You also don't need to have your head in the heat like a traditional sauna. It's very easy to use. You can enjoy a session of 30 to 45 minutes while relaxing, reading, watching TV, or meditating. It's easy to clean. It's low EMF, especially compared to other brands out there. Simple and easy to get set up. And even more important, you, Keto Camper, are offered a nice coupon code for Bond Charge's products, including their infrared sauna blanket. So head over to bondcharge.com ketocamp and use the coupon code keto camp at checkout to get 15% off your order we'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code in the podcast notes okay let's get right back to this episode we got Misha back there my man yeah I always beat Misha in basketball so he might be angry at me (laughs) three essential health biohacks for more inflammation more energy less inflammation excuse me Control glucose and insulin spikes. Now, that could be keto. I'm not dogmatic about keto at all. I think it's a great tool. I think it's an amazing tool. I'll make the case for it. But the better you can control your glucose and insulin spikes, the less you're going to age. Here's a perfect example. This study showed that for type 1 diabetics and type 2 diabetics, if, you're, if their A1C was 7.5% or higher, every year it's at that level. They lose 100 days off their lifespan. Let's do that, put that in math, right? I think it's more effective, but that means if their A1C was 7.5% for 15 years, they lose four years off their lifespan, and et cetera, if they keep going, because glucose is so damaging to our cells, to our retina, to our gut, and insulin has to keep up with the demands of glucose, and it's actually pretty rare to die from diabetes. Most people don't even die from diabetes. It's the diseases connected to it, the cancer, the heart disease, the kidney failure, et cetera, So let's ask this question, if we know sugar is so damaging, but glucose is needed for sure, I'm not saying we avoid glucose, how much is considered an optimal state? Well, in the entire bloodstream, one teaspoon is considered an optimal state. So when you're fasted and you check your blood glucose, that's 80 milligrams per deciliters, optimal fasting number. We also have these backup reserves, right? We have our glycogen stores, liver and muscle cells. So depending on how much muscle you have, If you're like Misha, you might have a little bit more sugar reserves because he's pretty muscular. But on average, the average person could store about 25 to 30 teaspoons in their liver of sugar and uh, 100 teaspoons in their skeletal muscle. So with that being said, let's look at what most people are eating on a daily basis. And these are actual stats that I got from Chronometer. So they're pretty accurate. Uh, Jamba Juice Acai Bowl. How much sugar? How many do you think in a bowl? 20 teaspoons, 99 grams of sugar, right? Lucky Charms was on that list, right? What what do you think? Two servings, two bowls. 60 grams, so 12 teaspoons of that, but most people don't stop at two servings, do they? Not to mention that oats have a whole bunch of glyphosate, but let's talk about the sugar. 10.4 teaspoons, 52 grams. Orange juice. Two cups, 10.4 teaspoons, 52 grams. You can see how this adds up, right? The body has to keep up. Insulin has to get produced all the time. And the average American actually eats 17 to 23 times per day. (laughs) I know. It sounds sounds like it's a made-up stat, right? It's like, yeah, right, Ben. I'm not saying, and this is actually a real population study by my colleague. I am not saying they're sitting down at a meal and eating a... Yeah, they're snacking. Thank you. They're grazing throughout their whole waking hours. Every one to two hours, every two to three hours. It's the kombucha. It's the almonds. It's the protein shake. It's, I mean, those are healthy examples, right? But when you constantly graze throughout the day, glucose and insulin, glucose and insulin spikes throughout the entire day. That's problematic. And here's the analogy that I'm gonna share with you from my friend, Dr. Jason Fung, who endorsed the book that you just got. Yeah, KetoFlex. Uh, let's see, thinking about musicians. Uh, Anybody like the Killers? The Killers are my favorite music band. Yeah, they're the best. Any Swifties in here? Taylor Swift? No? Yeah, we got some Swifties? Yeah, okay. Here's the example. I I pull out my phone, and I open up Spotify, and I put Taylor Swift, I put the Killers, I put whatever favorite band that you'd like to listen to. Then I put headphones on. But I don't take a break from listening to the music. It's on my head. The music is playing 24-7, let's say at 50% volume, but I never take a break. The music is just blasting into my ears. After about a couple weeks, what's going to happen? I'm going to feel like that music is getting less and less and less. I'm kind of losing my hearing here. But instead of taking a break from the music and hitting pause, I just increase the volume. After a few months, never taking a break, I'm going to feel like the hearing, I'm losing my hearing again. So what happens? I just keep increasing the volume. What is happening here? I'm going deaf to the screams of the music. What happens when you eat high carbohydrates and eat all day long is that we are going deaf to the screams of insulin. We have, we have the beta cells in the pancreas producing the insulin, that's the music, and then we have our insulin receptor sites that have to hear the message and deliver glucose into the cells. When we constantly eat frequently and eat high carbohydrates, we can't keep up with the demand, insulin resistance occurs, and then type 2 diabetes is right after that. How many of you know how long it takes for the average person to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, even though insulin resistance is taking place day after day? How many years? 10, Ten, close, 10, yeah, somewhere in between 14 years on average. 14 years before the A1C or the glucose changes. Meanwhile, the insulin is being cranked out. So do any doctors test fasting insulin? No. If we just looked at fasting insulin, We could see this problem was occurring for five years, 10 years before the glucose changes. So if one thing you want to do is get your fasting insulin done, you want that in the single digits and you want to be at least 12 hours faster when you do that test. If it's over 10, you have insulin resistance. If it's over 20, you got full-blown insulin resistance. And your blood sugars might look great and your A1C might look great, but it's a matter of time before those beta cells get burned out or the receptor sites get burned out and then the glucose ships. So what's the solution then? If we know that high carbs and eating frequently cause this issue, what is the solution? Dial down the music with what I call ancient healing strategies, ketosis, fasting. How many of you do keto? Anybody do keto? Variations of keto? Okay. Fasting? Yeah. You know what's interesting is that most of you raise your hand for fasting and not keto, but I would argue that all of you who do fasting do keto as well. You're just not eating a high-fat diet, but chances are you're getting into ketosis with fasting. So there's a lot of different ways to get into ketosis, but I am not dogmatic about keto. As a matter of fact, I've spoken at a whole bunch of conferences for keto and low-carb, and sometimes they don't like my message because I tell them not to do keto forever. I teach them to flex in and out. Remember, metabolic flexibility is the game. But keto is not a fad diet. There's nothing new about keto. It's just nuanced or maybe new to some people. Keto has been around for as long as humans have existed because it's a metabolic process, not a diet. All of our ancestors did keto. They were in a state of ketosis because they didn't have food available to them all the time and they needed the ability to burn body fat and produce ketones and give the brain a fuel source. It's actually a survival mechanism and it's very important. The real fad diet is the sad diet, the standard American diet. That's only been around for what, 40 years or so? Ketosis has been around forever. So I'm going to rewrite this study, if you missed in the beginning, this is the study I referenced that 88, 88% of American adults are metabolically unhealthy. I'm going to rewrite this and say 88% of American adults are actually in a keto deficiency. They could really use this metabolic process. This one showed 93% of Americans are unhealthy. I'll rewrite this and say they're in a keto deficiency. They need keto. They need it really bad to dial down the music, to lower inflammation. Babies that are born into this world are actually in ketosis. Babies that are breastfed, I should say, are in ketosis. Those are three PubMed studies that verify that. Think about the reason why. When that baby is born, it is so important for the neurological development of that baby's brain. And breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol, and it helps that development of the baby's brain. The argument I get on social media is, but there's sugar in breast milk, and that is true. But that baby is so efficient at using the glucose, it naturally goes in and out, of ketosis. And that is the premise behind my book, Keto Flex, going in and out of ketosis. So burning fat is our birthright. This is a great quote showing that some ways the modern diet can be considered keto deficient. I agree. Let's relate this to how your cells produce energy. We have option one on the left, that beat up car, let's call it glucose, sugar. Then we have ketones, fat. Obviously, the one on the right looks better, but let me explain why. When we study how the cells produce energy, how the mitochondria produce energy, the electron transport chain, a molecule of glucose gets you about 32 to 36 energy units, ATP. A molecule of ketones gets you about 120 to 160 energy units, 400% more energy. The reason this is happening is because when you're in ketosis, ketones actually are signaling molecules that communicate with your mitochondria and tell them to create more mitochondria, mitochondrial biogenesis. Ketones help with healthier mitochondria. Not only that, the mitochondria that are not healthy, that are inflamed, goes through mitophagy, and the body either gets rid of them or fix that, it fixes that cell. So you have a situation when you're in ketosis, you're getting more energy, so you raise your basal metabolic rate, which is how you lose weight on keto as a side effect, lower insulin but you also lower your inflammatory levels because the cells go through this uncoupling process. That is pretty impressive where you have an ability to use ketones to have more energy and less inflammation. That's why when we look at studies out there, it shows a lot of the benefits to ketones for longevity. The second one is intermittent fasting and fasting strategies. What's the Guinness World Record for the longest recorded water fast? You're close. Who said three something? Yeah, you said it. 392, 392, Angus Barbary, I wrote about him in my book. 450 pounds on day one, medically supervised. He had water, coffee, tea, some um, electrolytes, and I think he had nutritional yeast, but not really a meal. And after 392 days, he lost, he went from 450 pounds to 180 pounds. Blood work looked great, electrolytes looked great. I'm giving you an extreme example to show you that intermittent fasting is normal. I mean, this guy went uh, 392 days without food, we could go skip a meal, we could go a day without food. I'm fasted today, as a matter of fact, I haven't eaten today. I would argue that, although he didn't put food in his mouth for over a year, he was eating from his body fat. We have body fat for a reason. One of my favorite benefits, I mean, you've all heard of autophagy, right? Raise your hand if you've heard of autophagy. Yeah. We all heard of it and there's many ways to get autophagy, not just fasting, there are synolytics, there are uh, exercises a way to do it, burst training. Fasting is a very powerful way as well. And this is where your body's, your body's ability, it turns, on, it turns on innate intelligence and allows your body to get rid of inflamed cells. Kind of like Pac-Man going through your cells, cleaning it out. But the analogy is this, to really help, it, uh, help you connect how this works. If I opened up my refrigerator and we have all these groceries inside, these groceries all have an expiration date. But what would happen if I let all the groceries expire and instead of throwing it away, I just go to the supermarket Publix and I buy groceries and put it in front of the old ones and I just let it sit. Disgusting, it's gonna be a disgusting environment. You're gonna have disease manifest in this environment. right? Our cells all have expiration dates. We have mitochondria with expiration dates. And if we're not tapping into autophagy, we are going to end up with a toxic inside environment. Autophagy is the ability to clean out the expired cells and groceries and replenish them. That's why Dr. Thomas Seafried said if you completed a seven-day water fast once a year, you could reduce your risk of cancer by 95% with other lifestyle changes, which he's a big fan of keto. Cells are like cars. When they get old, they need to be destroyed up to 70 billion per day. The opposite of autophagy is mTOR. And mTOR is growth, autophagy is repair. We need a healthy balance of both. So too much fasting, not good. Too much feasting, not good. There's a nice balance in between both. And that's what I teach about in my book, Keto Flex. Common myths about intermittent fasting, I'm gonna fly through these because I have my last thing I wanna get through. I have a few minutes to go. Muscle loss, well, the body's not stupid. It actually raises human growth hormone when you're in a fasted state. And this showed that during a 24-hour fast, In women, there was a 1,300% increase in human growth hormone and 2,000% in men, so you will not lose muscle mass, you'll lose body fat. Starvation mode, will it wreck the metabolism? Actually, it does the complete opposite. Four consecutive days of fasting increases basal metabolic rate by 13% because your body raises something called counter-regulatory hormones. Yes, I got to the last part. This is the most important part of the lecture, so good job being here. This is a supplement that I took this morning, that I take every day, that you should take every single day for inflammation, for glucose, for everything you're looking for, for health. And if you know what the supplement is, don't shout it out, because some people don't know what it is yet. It's called vitamin G, but don't say what it is. Vitamin G is super powerful, and I'm going to share some studies real quick. Dr. Joe Dispenza, who knows Dr. Joe? How many of you have done his courses? Anybody has done it? Yeah, wow, pretty cool. They did a vitamin G workshop, and they looked at IgA, which is going to protect the immune system, and cortisol, which will lower the immune system. And what they found is during the four-day workshop, they asked 120 participants to move into an elevated emotional state and take vitamin G for 9 to 10 minutes, 3 to three times a day. We discovered at the conclusion of the event that the cortisol levels of our participants dropped by three standard deviations and their IgA level shot up from 52.5 to 86. So it protected their immune system with vitamin G. Vitamin G also has been shown to activate 1200 chemical reactions instantaneously when you take it. GABA, oxytocin, dopamine, those feel good hormones and chemicals happens as soon as you take vitamin G. Vitamin G has been shown to lower blood blood pressure Those who take vitamin G have lower blood pressure levels. Those who take vitamin G have lower blood sugar levels. Where do you get it? Is there a booth for it? What is is vitamin G? Gratitude, Gratitude, baby. Those are real studies on gratitude. That's what vitamin G is. People think it's woo-woo. Sometimes I don't think you will because this group is, you know, forward thinking. But it's a universal law. What you feed energy to expands. What you appreciate appreciates. And there's no upper limit on gratitude, vitamin G. You get all those benefits as soon as you take it, feel it, experience it. I think it's the greatest biohack that you've ever heard in, that we've ever heard in our lives. Because if we have 60,000 thoughts per day, which we do, and those thoughts, according to Dr. Bruce Lipton, have the ability to tell your DNA to produce certain proteins, good or bad, that means we have 60,000 opportunities every day to put the body in an anti-inflammatory state or in an inflammatory state. So you are the most influential person you'll speak to today, and gratitude is the gateway to the heart. Gratitude, vitamin G, is the gateway to all of that. If you don't believe me, watch this 60-second video. How do you think you've lived to be 97? Like, how do you think you made it this many years? I don't know, I don't know. Because I'm naughty, I eat sugar, I eat butter, I eat things that I should not eat, and I have all my life. Well, what do you think is the secret? You know, people ask me, and I tell them that you um, you pray a lot. You have faith. I do have faith, yes. I And I really spend... That's probably the secret. That's how you've lived to be 97. I don't because know. Because you never end your, grit, your day without being grateful. I don't know. I really don't. That you have a lot of gratitude in your heart. Yes. Applause. How amazing that? The key to longevity. The last thing I'm going to share before we get to be blessed by the amazing Misha here, which I'll be sitting watching him too. This is the last thing I'll share. Put your hand up like this. Right hand, put it over your right ear. Leave it there as I say this, leave it there. You're all masterpieces because you're all pieces of the master. Your body was built to be self-healing. All the things you're learning this weekend, don't just let it be information, take action on it. Remove your hand. Why did I have you do that? I didn't want it to go in one ear and out the other ear. (laughs) Love you guys, thank you so much. Vitamin G for you all, thank you, thank you. Well, there you have it. Episode 700 is about to be in the books. Now, tomorrow, I have another brand new episode for you, and it's actually a panel I did right after this lecture that you heard today. I did a panel with some incredible health rock stars at the Biohacking Congress. Uh, You're going to be able to hear the full panel. I I got the full lecture or the full panel conversation and I'm going to share the entire entire audio with you. We talk about the gut microbiome, DNA, uh, DNA testing, biochemical individuality, and so much more. So we did a panel right after my lecture with uh, other incredible rock stars. And tomorrow's episode, episode 701, will be that full panel discussion. So make sure you tune in for that morning release, Saturday morning. Uh, we'll release that to you. It'll just pick up where we left off on today's episode uh, please leave the show a rating and review if you want to watch the video version of today's, in, uh, not interview, but lecture. That's on youtube.com slash camp. Share it with a friend. Thank you for continuously pressing play. I love you. I appreciate you. I have a ton of vitamin G for you. And hey, cheers to 700, but cheers to 1,000 and more. We are committed to continue getting out the best of the best. And I can't, I'm can't. i so excited because in 2024, we, are, we have a huge list of incredible podcast guests. Some are returning that have been here before and a lot of them are brand new. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed so you get updated with brand new episode releases. I want to acknowledge you for listening to the entire episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the entire episode and spending part of your day with me. I'll see you on the next one.